In an article entitled, God Still Loves Hard Work, David Mathis wrote, From the very beginning, God created us to labor. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Genesis 1.28 Work is not the product of sin, but a major facet of God's original plan for human life in His world. God designed us to move and be active, to exert energy and employ skill to produce goods for human flourishing. Before sin entered the world, God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Genesis 2.15 And then God made the man a helper fit for him. Genesis 2.18 God made men and women to use, not squander, the energy he gives us daily through food and rest to accomplish his mission, the work he gave us to do in the world. Work, then, we might say, is the exertion of energy, investment of time and attention, and application of skill toward the ends of God's calling to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, as well as to subdue it and have holy dominion. Such work is a central aspect of what it means to be human. This is the Reformed Faith and Family Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Reform Faith and Family Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Stomberg, uh, and today, instead of my lovely wife, Lindsay, joining me as she normally does, uh, we have a dear friend of mine, Matthew Cook of Maynardville, Tennessee, and Maynardville Fellowship Baptist Church. Um, I just thought of it the other day. We've been friends for some 20 years now, um, and most of that time, very close friends. He's been a, a dear brother for a, a long, long time. They, they happen to be up visiting uh, they were gracious enough to come up to help me celebrate my 40th birthday, uh, and then our families took a wonderful vacation to Glacier National Park and collectively with our 13 kids <laughs> hiked some of those mountain trails, uh, carrying kids on our back and all that kind of glory that goes with there, but uh, uh, just a wonderful time there. And and while he was here, I just I, I really wanted the opportunity to have a, be able to have a conversation uh, as we've had for the past couple of weeks while you've been up mm-hmm. about all sorts of doctrinal kind of things uh, um, and just thought it'd be a blessing for our, our listeners to hear somebody else's perspective, maybe hear a little bit about somebody else's journey uh, kind of down the same path that we're walking. Uh, we're similar stages, but have had different experiences. Um, so I, Matt, if, if you would just uh, introduce yourself very briefly. Yeah. Um, I'm a bivocational pastor in Maynardville, Tennessee. We are, uh, it's hard to even call us a church plant at this point, uh, going on our 10th year. So, um, trying to, um, raise a family and, um, change culture and build it and, and be part of God's building of his, of Christendom 2.0. It's a hope. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's great. That's great. And, and, uh, we, we had the benefit of, we were actually in Tennessee, in Maynardville when Maynardville Fellowship was planted and, and had the... Mm-hmm had the benefit of being able to be among that community as it started to form. Uh, and, and yeah, you guys, your church is eight years further down the road right. than, uh, than ours is a, a legacy reformed Baptist. And, 
Um, you get on our website and you get to see what Caleb built 10 years ago. Cause I don't know how to change it. So <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get the, it's, it's nice to be able to see that you get a lasting mark when you can look back and see there's something still there. That's right. uh, you know, the, the sign in front of the building still has a logo that, uh, Lindsay designed and, yeah. uh, and things there. So, uh, it's nice to be able to see some lasting mark there. And, mm-hmm. and, um, last fall, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, our family was down and, and joined uh, with, with uh, Manorville Fellowship. And, and it was uh, so nice to be able to enter into a church in, in a building that you guys didn't have when we, when we were a part of this mm-hmm. many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was a strange building, but with a very uh, known and welcoming congregation, many of which um, we knew from you know, mm-hmm. all those years ago, uh, and just a, such a great sister church. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, doing the same kind of things we're trying to do in, in so, a lot of ways, a little bit further down the road and kind of give us something to aspire to. Um, but, but, uh, but a great, a great church down there. And, uh, even these many years later, you're still doing the bivocational ministry thing. Um, mm-hmm. and in many ways, being able to have such great impact in the community and blessing the church more, uh, because you have, uh, that, that, financial freedom or that maneuverability because of the bivocational work, even though I know there's a lot of people who their goal in ministry is to get away from that and they want to just be able to be supported by the church. But um, you've seen a lot of blessing, or I guess I've seen Mm -hmm. God blessing through you because of that bivocational ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just, that's, that's a a great thing to see. And I think that's kind of a, a trend that's been building it. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways, um, for a pastor to be a, a example to his to his flock, uh, it's helpful for him not to be, um, for him to be working like they are to see him building and doing and uh, trying to um, trying to take dominion of of um, whatever ventures that they're that they're in uh to at least have a background in that or be engaged in it i think is helpful so you can relate and and model it for for the everyone can't be kept up you know by the church right so yeah and, and yeah. uh not and, that there's anything wrong with with full-time ministry right, the, that doesn't the, do anything paul else. commends it and sure. you know the the laborer deserves his wages don't mm-hmm. muzzle the ox right. um those who serve well are worthy of, of double honor mm-hmm. um not not poverty right. double honor absolutely um uh, but at the same time, uh, if you can't lead your household well, mm-hmm. you are not qualified for ministry. So uh, I think there, it's really hard to show that you're actually qualified to be an elder when you've never had to do the hard things to provide for your family in ordinary yes. means of labor and production. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it, it can be hard. You know, the, the, the typical route that most people that feel called to ministry want to go, you know, let's go to seminary mm-hmm. uh, and they come out and, and go right to full-time church ministry. And, mm-hmm. and some of these are guys that never had a career. You know, the guys mm-hmm. that do it later in life, I think, are in a lot better place to yes. understand their congregation. But you get young guys mm-hmm. um, are out of high school, you know, some go to Bible college right out of high school, then right to seminary and then uh, into full-time ministry and have mm-hmm. never had to hold down a regular job, never had to labor to provide for their family in that way. And ministry is hard work. We're not saying mm-hmm. it's not, but there is a way that you, that you can, in that environment, you can never have been tested mm-hmm. both to show qualification that you can and will take care of your family through ordinary work. And there's just a hardship to be able to really understand and empathize mm-hmm. 
with your congregation and, and, and the families there that are struggling mm-hmm. uh, financially to make things work. You know, the men that are, it's hard to call men to be entrepreneurial, to go out and, and take, take um, success uh, yes. and to do that and build that. So I, th- I think yeah. you've got a really good point there that it, yeah. there, there's something you can model in a bivocational framework and, and, and it's not going to work for every church. Mm-hmm. And, and um, some, some men uh, have the ability to be much more successful in that mm-hmm. uh, than others. Yes. And I think that's definitely a factor too. But there, there is some real benefit, I think, mm-hmm. like, like you're saying, to be able to model that and, and to call people to provide. And especially mm-hmm. when we've had uh, such negative examples or just kind of the, as the cultural ha- you know, in the church hasn't been real positive in that mm-hmm. of, of men going out and taking being involved in the community, taking um, dominion by building, uh, building business, building, you know, enterprise, um, creating things. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had a lot of good examples. There have been successful men in the church that have done that forever, but yes. it's, we've, we've downplayed that mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of always put forward, you know, the real spiritual side is, you know, the ministers or, mm-hmm. you know, almost that monk mentality, that the more yeah. you're separated from, from success and business in the world, the holy you are. Early on, um, I I didn't, you know, I wanted to work as little as possible in the secular, quote, Richard Nixon, quote, Marks here, uh, the secular world and and devote all my time to spiritual things. Uh, At least that's what I said. Um, And in, in many ways, it was I worked as little as I had to to make provision for my family and then pietistically uh, that, you know, I, I, but I'm devoting the rest of my life to ministry. Well, uh, early on in my twenties, the rest of that time, I mean, I did what it took to get my sermons written, Bible studies written, things of that sort as being bivocational, even, even at that time. Um, but I filled so much time with, uh, frivolous things. Um, but I, I'm not driven by trying to, you know, build wealth. Um, but I, I was wanting to build my, Madden roster <laughs> and really, you know, play seasons in and draft the best teams. No kidding. You know, hours of playing video games or uh, fantasy football. Man, I won a lot of fantasy tr- trophies. Uh, and and at that time, you know, you're, 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 well, you know, everyone needs this, uh, you know, these, these other things that they can do uh, to, you know, you can't be studying all the time you can't you know you need some things to just relax um but i was spending time and effort doing things that that didn't matter that were frivolous that had no lasting effect it's you know the, the next madden comes out and everything you did on the madden year before it doesn't matter anymore you, you know you're starting over mm-hmm. with a new frivolous activity and i and you know a few years ago uh, became con- convicted that a a, a a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children and that, that's still bible and that's not in the context. You say, "Well, that's talking about spiritual inheritance." Well, it's, it's not. Uh, you read the the context; it's not talking about that. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, I cut out most of the frivolous entertainment. Uh, the the gods of this age, besides um, the um, Im, Im, immoral, absolutely immoral gods of sexual gratification and things like that, that 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 are there, I think are relaxation, leisure and entertainment and i cut out most of that not that it's wrong in in a in you know 
moderation, but it wasn't moderation for me. It became a, a very real God to me. Right. Um, and it can, very yeah. quickly can get where you're, you're mm-hmm. serving those things. So yes. even, yes. even if you work diligently, you can provide mm-hmm. successfully sure. for your family. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is always to get back to those things, yes, you know, I, that's where I think a, you, a man can be lazy mm-hmm. or have, you know, the kind of slothful in mindset mm-hmm. and still do work and still provide, mm-hmm. but he's living for the leisure. So yes. it's living for the weekend, living for the evening, just so he can get away from work and get mm-hmm. back to gratifying the flesh and mm-hmm. by, by sitting, by playing video games, by, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. So it's, it's the pun- dominion mandate. You're fulfilling it, but on a on a video screen or yeah. in in a you, you know you, you have a sense of accomplishment, but you've actually accomplished nothing that matters. Yep, yeah. and there's a big yeah. difference between between living for that next leisure opportunity mm-hmm. and living with a holistic mindset towards building the kingdom of yes. God, and then enjoying leisure. So mm-hmm. we we are called to feast. Yes, we are Amen. called to to celebrate and, and enjoy. We've done a lot of that this week. We have done a lot of that this week, and it's been a great time. Yes. Uh, but yeah. we're both aware of uh, once we kind of got to go back to normalcy. That's right. Uh, that you know, I've got to hit the gym again. We've got yeah. to back to discipline. Back back to all the regular mm-hmm. discipline. So mm-hmm. the the leisure is a is a, a break from that, not what we're living for. Right. We're living to build the kingdom, and sometimes part of building the kingdom is enjoying leisure. Amen. Um, but it's it's also you know laboring and, and mm-hmm. seeing that the the work itself, and that's kind of a big mindset shift. The work itself isn't something to be hated or avoided. We were created for work. We were mm-hmm. created yes. to build, to create, to take dominion. Um, and mm-hmm. to bring order where there is chaos. That, yes. That's that's what we were designed for. So we and that that's spiritual. And that is yeah. that is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that's a Christian thing, and that's where I think this conversation isn't just applicable to pastors who might, you know, have to become okay with being bivocational, especially mm-hmm. as it gets harder and harder for churches to have the finances mm-hmm. available to fully support a pastor. Yes. Um, but this this is you know equally applicable to just the laymen in the church mm-hmm. that they too all, all men are called to this to to be about building uh, mm-hmm. to be to see that their desire um, not just to provide minimally so they can the kids can have the things and mm-hmm. and it's not even ultimately about how much money you make absolutely it, it's about being productive mm-hmm. um, and and leaving legacy both spiritually and physically financially everything else. For your kids, so yeah, you might you might only work the forty hour job, the nine to five thing, but then your other time isn't to be devoted to serving the flesh, to serving yes. leisure. It's to still be investing in and building in mm-hmm. your family, yeah. uh, building in the church. You know, to to be see your whole life as centered around that, yes. uh, and to put that in a proper framework. And that that is such a a, a shift of of mindset. Mm-hmm. But I think it's absolutely critical um, to do that, especially as we see the culture around us become more and more opposed uh, to Christianity. You know, mm-hmm. the the whole um, neutral world, uh, negative world, positive world kind of the framework for understanding kind of where things are at. And the more that we see negative world around us towards Christianity, the more that we have to be strong and have, yes. have, have um, really solid foundations. And, and we can't be at the whims and, and fragile to what people around us are doing mm-hmm. or what to policy that's being made is doing. And that takes hard work. John, John Moody uh, has said often that it's impossible to defeat an enemy upon whom you are dependent for your necessities. 
And we we now live in a culture where the, it, it is a negative world. They hate us. Uh, and uh, we are plugged into their system and dependent on them for even the basic necessities. Uh, and they, they can make you bend the knee and, and go against uh, conscience even or try to make you go against conscience and where it hurts badly if you don't. I mean, yeah. we saw that during the, the COVID um, uh you know, COVID restrictions and lockdown and all of those things that you, it was very punitive on people who stood on principle or no, I want to continue providing for my family. Uh, and if, if you come out from among them and you build Christian alternatives, you, you, you start being the shapers of society and you're not dependent on them for your necessities. Uh, that, that matters. And I don't think people have thought that way because we weren't in negative world until very recent history. We were at least in neutral world. Yeah. So um, we have to live differently now uh, to try to reclaim lost ground. Uh, there are so many implications that come with trying to prepare the home and, and deal with the changing things in culture. Uh, yeah. as, as we consider... Um, changing our, our mindset on, on, on work or whatever else. And, and one thing that, you know, it can seem daunting, the idea that, you know, Christians need to, to be building and laboring more mm-hmm. diligently to see their, their calling is to, to shape culture, to, to do things, to provide structures, to be yes. pr- doing things that will last for generations on, and doing all this on top of what for most people will be a, a normal nine to five career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some that are gifted with the ability to provide new kind of jobs or, or create things, um, new opportunities that will provide for their family in, a, in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, it's going to be trying to do this on top of uh, the normal kind of job they have. And, you know, and that's certainly what pastors will face in kind of a bivocational kind of setting of having to try and build and do something on top of uh, of normal labor that's expected of them. And that can seem daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, if we look at, you know, any kind of Christian biography or, you know, look at Christian and the saints of old, um, we don't see a whole lot in their lives that was easy or, mm-hmm. or leisurely. They were, especially in times where you're dealing with a, a culture that's increasingly dark or, or that was, you know, against Christianity or that was oppressive. Um, the whole life had to be built around something bigger than themselves yes. and, and leisure wasn't really something they got to enjoy. We, we bought into the lie that, that work is a necessary evil uh, instead of that work is a joy. Uh, that, I mean, honestly, when you, when you work hard at something and you accomplish it, you do it, you, you see the finished product. There's great satisfaction in that uh, work. Uh, our attitude toward work as a necessary evil is a denial of God's created order and his purpose for man. Um, so uh, what, what's, what's happened is godly people worked and God is blessed. And uh, in the West, particularly as the Christian worldview became dominant and the blessings have purchased us free time that our ancestors didn't know. It wasn't possible for them. They had to work all the time, be productive all the time, or they wouldn't survive. And we are now living off of their labors. And instead of being productive uh, with the the extra time that we have that we don't have to 
do all the regular things just to prepare meals. It's so much easier. We've got so many conveniences. Our, our time's so freed up. But instead of investing that time in building new skills and uh, new um, accomplishing new things, we've we've became sad. Believing the good life is just just being just sitting around not accomplishing things and and the people that do that the most the the least productive people are usually the most depressed people as well yeah. you, you need purpose you need you need a vision uh, a a calling vocation vocare uh, a a calling that this is what i want to get to and i'm striving toward that and as you make prog- progress toward those things there's there's fulfillment there's there's um you're imaging God by fulfilling that that calling that God's put on your life, and and uh, it keeps you from depression. Uh, and um, when when we lose that, we lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we can be spiritually healthy without those those elements in our life to where we have things we're working toward. And you know, it, it reminds me just a little bit of you know the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. Um, you given given a talent, so th- consider the extra time that mm-hmm. modern conveniences and technology have given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what do most Christians do with that? And let's not even talk about the pagans. Yeah. What do most Christians do with that, that talent that they're given? What did I do with it for years? We, yeah. yeah. We, you, you sit there and bury it mm-hmm. and, and say, oh, I'm just going to hold on to that and, and it'll, it'll always be there. And you waste all mm-hmm. the potential mm-hmm. that is there with that. Um, versus, and, and we do that, and we and then we still expect and demand that God bless and, and God give us more, mm-hmm. God increase. Yes. Um, but we have wasted what we have been given, so that that just to think, you know, the, of of the potential of that kind of extra time, extra mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. to to maximize what we can do for the kingdom and for our families as part of the kingdom with that extra time that we have been given. I think there's an, a Gnostic, a spirit, pietistic Gnostic kind of element where we think those those sorts of pursuits are not spiritual, and it's because we believe that like there's this this uh, physical and spiritual divide that you know God cares about the spiritual side, but He doesn't really care about the physical side uh, of of the world. Kind of uh, like the, just the general yeah. uh, divide, sacred secular divide mm-hmm. that we've got. We've got that all confused. Yeah, you know, we've lost, we've lost the Protestant, you know, work yes. ethic and understanding of, of work. You know, the, the the Catholics really screwed that up for for many mm-hmm. generations. Of yes, you know, the the only thing that mattered to God and that was sacred was uh, the work of ministry. Yes, and everything else uh, was base and was low, was yes. common. And you know, the Protestant, the reformers, they 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 pushed back against that and they yes. they celebrated work, and that's why. Why this nation built so strong and was so quick to, to take shape and to be healthy and, and to have influence in the world was because of that Protestant work ethic to come in and see all of life as sacred unto God, you know, all of our vocation. And, and you, you know, the looking at it kind of as a Gnostic sense, I think, is just a, another way to look at that same, mm-hmm. that same kind of conversation. I think it's, it's, I think it's where it came from. It's yeah. pitting mm-hmm. the the physical things and the normal things of life against the, you know, the spiritual mm-hmm. things. And that's what we should do. And, and, um, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, we're supposed to do it all to the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and Christ is Lord of you know, Abraham Kuyper. You mm-hmm. know, there's not a square inch over this universe, uh, over which the, the, that God does not say mine. This is mine. He owns 
everything yeah. and cares about everything. And for, for Christians to steward everything for his glory and for with with multi, with future generations in mind and how that they they will uh, that will help them image God and, and make progress to take dominion over this earth that he's that he's graciously given to us as a gift not that it's ba- it's not bad this world now money can be a, a god a dangerous god money and and uh, assets and things of that sort and you've got to be on on guard against not trying to do those things to the glory of God then it's yeah. an idol so it's it, and you you can fall into pits on so many sides. Yeah, and it, so yeah, and the the answer is not to go out and build and accumulate for yes. its own sake. the 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 answer yes. is go out and build the kingdom of Christ. Yes, as citizens of the heavenly kingdom, go out and and build it's all his. and take dominion and, mm-hmm. and and live in light of the victory that Christ has purchased and, and right. the guarantee that the gospel will go forward, that it will cover the earth, that that the kingdom will expand and have have influence. So mm-hmm. live in light of that and build and and do all the things that you do for that purpose. Yes. So, you know, when 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 you have leisure, you're you're enjoying the fruits of what Christ has purchased for us and the fruits of your own labor. And when we're when we're building our homes and, and spiritually pouring into our, our churches and our communities, our families, you're doing that is again for the kingdom. And when you go out and you earn and you build and you accumulate, you're doing that for the, the kingdom. kingdom. So if, if the kingdom you is your goal, you know, yeah. if to, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and if, if we are seeking first his kingdom, we won't, uh, as Christ said, we won't be worried about the things of this world, whether or not we'll have a place to live or we'll have clothes or we'll have food, because God knows we need it. Yeah. We won't be worried about that. So we won't be slave to those needs either because we feel fear that we won't have them. We won't be slave to those things because that's what we're living for to accumulate. Mm-hmm. All of it will be under the banner of, of going forth and building the kingdom. Yes. And, and some will be blessed with much and some will, will suffer with Make little. Fair. Uh, but all will be, be partaking in the work uh, that Christ has given to them mm-hmm. uh, to build. And, that, and that takes, that's all of your life. Yes, and and that's where I think we keep coming back to that. This is, this is not something that we're called to do in our spare time. Yes, you know, the, to be a Christian, uh, to be building godly homes, uh, to mm-hmm. be you know serving the church and the king. This is not a part time side gig thing. This is all of life. Yes, um, all of Christ for all of life. You know, it's it's all p- building for that purpose, uh, and. and We've got to get that right in our minds if we're going to use our time appropriately and, and yes. be able to really uh, understand what we should prioritize and what is worthy of our efforts because we have the greater vision. Yeah. Um, and that, that can help shape whether you're a bivocational pastor or uh, anything else, electrician. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're seeing all that you're doing uh, for the kingdom and building for that and, and investing forward. Uh, and, and that's going to shape how you see your life. You know, two different stories that are supposedly about Martin Luther. I've not been able to uh, verify either story, but they're told. Uh, you might have heard both of them, but one of them he was uh, supposedly, uh, it seems consistent with who he is, whether that they happened or not. But he was plowing a field, and someone thought that he shouldn't be doing that, that his mind and his abilities, he should be preaching, he should be writing, he should be doing something spiritual um and you know they if you 
you know, Brother Luther, if if you thought Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what what would you be doing? And and he thought for a second, uh, according to legend, and he said, um, I think I would finish plowing this field and get ready for harvest. Um, and they were expecting, well, I would go out and be trying to preach to everyone. And, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, his point was, I'm doing this to the glory of God. That this is not less than. This is still good. This is still faithful use of my time, and um, I think that's important. The other thing was how did you know? They, someone asked him, or he was writing. I, I, however, this goes, but uh, that uh, a uh, shoe cobbler. How how is he a Christian shoe cobbler? Well, he doesn't. He's not that because he puts little crosses on his shoes. He he doesn't be a good Christian shoe cobbler by putting crosses or Bible verses on his shoes that he makes, uh, but by making a good quality shoe. And uh, not that it's wrong to put crosses on your shoes or to try to be a witness, but that good work done well to the glory of God and then giving God the glory for the abilities and what you've done, and it, it that matters by itself. And we don't have to hyper, super, crit- uh, uh, spiritualize everything for our labors to matter. I think that's important. Yeah. yeah, no, it, that's definitely a, a critical mindset mm-hmm. that there is not only is there is there value in um, the common things, mm-hmm. if you want to phrase it that way, you know, mm-hmm. value in, in work in general, whatever your vocation may be, if, it, if it's lawful for you to do, mm-hmm. uh, then there is value in that and it is honoring to God, um, whether it's changing diapers, washing mm-hmm. dishes, yes, uh, or digging ditches. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are they're all things that are there in if we shift our mindset, you know, as well with not just um, anticipating that this world is going to be completely destroyed and there'll be something completely new in mm-hmm. its place, you know, that um, there will be change. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the physical world is not done away with. This This world isn't given up on. Christ um, purchased this world, this yes. creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we build, it, it, things that, that we are building for... Um, out are building out of what he has accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can keep that mindset that we'll see the value and we're investing into something that, that will last, that's going to be there. Um, and it definitely is, is a shift in focus from the, from the mindset that I think that most of us grew up under that, well, this world's going to, you know, to hell in a handbasket and, um, you know, give it a few years and it's going to be completely destroyed and, and a brand new world that's going to look nothing like this is going to be created for us. Uh, and that's the one that we'll be able to enjoy and celebrate. Uh, and I think that's, that's been such a, a dangerous kind of teaching that that's um, so prevalent yeah. because it, it causes everybody just to think that, that there's nothing of value here. Yes. Any, there's no, nothing worth building here uh, to the point where people this don't This world even, is not my own home. I'm yeah. only passing through. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Such a yeah. dangerous mindset. Um, Revelation eleven fifteen. The kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. The kingdom of this world it has happened. All authority has been given to me yeah. in heaven and on earth. We've lost that and on earth that the, the world is His. He's redeemed it. It's He's recreating it. He's uh, and th- that means everything we do here matters. Yeah. Uh, and when we lose that and we become gnostic in our, uh, honestly, in our eschatology, 
that it, it's, an, it's an eschatological thing. Not a first order issue, but it is a thing that matters. Second order issues matter Absolutely. when you've got that mindset that everything here doesn't matter because it's just going to be burned up and we're all going to go to heaven and our eternal state's going to be, I don't know what, what they often think, a disembodied spirits in, in heaven or something. That's, that's our eternal state. Mm-hmm. What's not? There's a resurrection of the body. Uh, that that these bodies come up again, and that they uh, and that they live on uh, a, a physical earth again. Yeah, you know? and creation yeah. groans for redemption. Amen. It doesn't groan to be put out of its misery. No, absolutely. So I mean, yeah. even even that mindset there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, and and I, I just had that you know, some of that thought of when we were walking through and hiking through Glacier in the mm-hmm. last week of I don't know what exactly the world is going to look like, you know, that mindset of like, I've been so influenced by bad eschatology mm-hmm. that it, it's, it's even hard for me to try to think through like, well, now I've got to, I've got to shed some of those things because all those things contribute to us, um, believing that things here and now don't matter. Mm-hmm. Even, even the stewardship of the earth mm-hmm. that we're given now, mm-hmm. it matters because this isn't, this isn't just a throwaway planet. Right. It's not a throwaway world. It's not a throwaway creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, um, will be given new bodies, but mm-hmm. but even that our bodies aren't just throwaway things. The physical yes. is it, it matters, and it's a crucial part of of who we are as made in the image of God, mm-hmm. um, it, as mankind. So I mean, it, it, all that trying to think through those things. There's so many things that kind of swirl in my mind, and I'm I'm probably going to take some time to try mm-hmm. and figure out exactly mm-hmm. how to land on that. But it, it's got to start with uh, realizing the water that we've been swimming in. Uh, and the, that's a Gnostic kind of water, like you, like you were saying, that, that we've, we've so disparaged the physical world. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a pastor must be an exemplary man, but not all exemplary men must be pastors. We all should aspire to be exemplary men in our vocations, in our callings, and in, many of them will be working hard in this world to create things. And they can be just as godly as any pastor without being a pastor. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes more knowledgeable in Scripture sure. than the pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes. You know, sometimes even, you know, better examples in different areas. Because yes. you have men that are very godly and, and gifted in a number of different ways and industrious or whatnot that are blessed the churches and are, and are you know, essential mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to the church, to everything else. and. We want to tell every godly man they have to be a pastor <laughs> when right. we need godly men that are business owners. Yeah, uh, and, and we get men yeah. who are not suited for the pastorate, yeah. not suited for that particular burden. Yes. Um, and, and sadly, it's often mm-hmm. guys that are soft. It is. And they're the, they're the ones the little old ladies love because they're, right. they're just that kind of gentle mama's mm-hmm. boy type. Yes. Uh, and, and we say, you need to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And we put soft men behind the pulpits. Who we, couldn't build anything. Like with without being kept up by church money, they couldn't build anything because they're yeah. too weak. Wouldn't yeah. wouldn't survive absolutely uh, without without the church support. And when you do that, when you when you elevate soft men, you drive away yes. hard men, mm-hmm. uh, strong men. You drive them away because the church is 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 feminized. That's right. Um, so then you don't have solid Christian men who are tied into the church, who have the kingdom focus on their mm-hmm. minds, being leaders in industry, yep. you, you lose that, Yes, uh, and you, then you lose culture. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you've got a, a man who can't do anything, uh, he can't sp- provide for his family if he doesn't have that check coming in from the church, 
uh, and then he has to make a stand that might get him fired, he might lose the income from the church, which man's going to be more likely to compromise? The man who knows I can go out and I can do something else if I have to. I don't, I, you know, I want to keep serving these people. I'm not doing it for the check. I'm doing it because I love this these people, but I won't compromise because my integrity matters, because God's truth matters. What's best for these people is that I refuse to compromise, and I'll lose the check if I must, and I can provide for my family another way. The ministry can become an idol just as much as the pursuit of wealth can become an idol. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, in a number of different ways, whether it's mm-hmm. sacrificing your family on the altar of ministry Amen. or or just compromising anything that you need to to be able to maintain and hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a, a, a very dangerous temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, in a time when the culture is wanting to shift, and, and we have needed men mm-hmm. in the church to be saying boldly mm-hmm. um, what is true from God's Word and, and boldly interacting and confronting the 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 idols of this age, uh-huh. um, the demonic spirits as they show themselves in all the kind of craziness around us, um, they've needed to do that for their church. They've needed to do that openly um, as a warning for the community, warning uh-huh. to um, political leaders, to industry yes. leaders, to everybody, like the, the men behind the pulpits used to do. Yes. Uh, that, that, that is our heritage in this nation. That's how we got here. That we had... The blessings we have are because of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where men men would call politically to everybody else, they knew that they would be called to task by the men in the behind the pulpits, and that the congregations were going to listen to their pastors, mm-hmm. and that was going to influence how they voted. That was going to mm-hmm. influence where they spent their money, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and when we've so lost that to to be afraid now of of we're more afraid of them than they are. Of, of pastors, mm-hmm. uh, and that is when, and it's that's even that way with the common, you know, citizen yeah. that all, all citizens, you know, we are more afraid of our elected officials than they are of the people, and that is such a backwards and tyrannical kind of setting. Um, it's dangerous, mm-hmm. uh, and the only way you can try to reverse that uh, is by standing up against, by building things that aren't reliant on them, mm-hmm. and by and by just being bold. Yeah. Uh, but but like you said, that you're not going to get that from men Mm-mm. who are terrified to lose yes. that paycheck, to lose that position, or terrified to lose a few families. Yes. Um, and you know, ironically, the the guys that are churches that have been you know most influenced by that, um, and we can't even say guys in that context because a lot of times it's women that are behind the pulpits in those kind of mm-hmm. churches because they've already folded. Yes, uh, they're they're losing people left and right. Mm-hmm. All they've got is a few blue hairs, kind of mm-hmm. making it when they can. Um, and those churches are dying left and right because yeah. they have tried to hold on to it. And we've seen since COVID, mm-hmm. um, and your church has seen this mm-hmm. personally. Um, when you will stand strong. Um, Contrary to what the culture tells you will do, what you'll lose everybody, mm-hmm. uh, you will have people seek you out because there are there are Christians that are craving that kind of a, of a solid, faithful environment. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you've got to be willing to um, endure whatever might come. You got to be willing to mm-hmm. take what's what's coming, and you better do that by um, not being so fragile or, or dependent yes. on on the money from the, from the church or, you know, that kind of system, mm-hmm. uh, or, or on government handouts yeah, and right. subsidies and tax breaks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Christ will take care of building his church. We just have to be faithful. And uh, if you lose people doing what's right, then wonderful. You, you, trees need a good pruning if they're going to grow. So you're going to lose some people doing what's right, but God will add more than you lose. I truly believe that. And not immediately necessarily. There might be times where you have to faithfully say, oh, no, what are we going to do? But then he, he shows up mightily. So um, during the COVID stuff where we – we stayed open. We never, we never canceled except for one week where we actually had several of our members who had, um, who were sick with it at that time. And we, we couldn't cancel because we actually had sickness in our church yeah. that we didn't want to spread, but never because we were told by the government, we had to quarantine healthy people. Um, we stood through that and, uh, God doubled, uh, our church over the last, since, since COVID. Um, and, um, he was faithful to us. We we studied and thought hard, and uh, we didn't land where we landed willy nilly. We we thought through the issues. Uh, I, I preached a couple of sermons to explain why we were doing what we were doing. You know, uh, why we are still meeting, responding uh, to uh, loving our neighbor and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, submitting to our authorities. And we we kind of you know that was the big things of why we should shut down. And we showed how that the best way to love our neighbor was not to keep them from the means of grace, and right. the best way to submit to godly authority was to understand what godly authority was and how to rightly understand Romans thirteen. Uh, like and, God gets to yes. determine what it means to love neighbor and what it means to submit to authority. Amen. And when the government's telling you wrongly, you it's your obligation to say no to to say shall I obey men or God. And yeah, he will honor he will honor that and bless that. Truly believe it, and and keep you from harm. Um, often, often, and sometimes let you suffer for righteousness' sake. Right, it's, it's, but <laughs> you know, it, it kind of yeah. in the we and we've got to become more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think in the realm of understanding the proverbial mm-hmm. wisdom. Yes, um, it's wisdom that that is generally true. That God generally works in that way. But that's not a guarantee mm-hmm. that if you do these things, then you will be financially affluent or that you'll mm-hmm. you'll have peace, you'll have whatever else. Um, there are always going to be, and there are countless martyrs that have suffered all, the ultimate fate yep. for faithfulness in, in many different ways. Um, but the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. It's the seed of the church, yeah. and, and, and God yeah. blesses, yeah. Uh, blesses the church through them, blesses mm-hmm. culture through them, and they receive their reward. Yes. So the, even they are not um, sold sold short on that. Mm-hmm. They are blessed because of that. But That's right. but we just because there are going to be some that are going to suffer, and no matter what they do, we can't let that um, negate the general wisdom of pr- mm-hmm. proverbial kind of wisdom that this is generally how God wills things to work and how he how he chooses to bless. And mm-hmm. we should have the expectation. This isn't health, wealth, prosperity. Mm-hmm. We should have the expectation that when we are faithful to God's law and live as he has called us to and, and, and labor toward that end, that he will bless, he will take care, he will yes. he will cause things to work out and grant us influence. The Hebrew children, you know, they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Our God is able to deliver us yeah. from this fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. And worship your gods. Amen. And he did deliver them. Some he doesn't, but we're we're playing the long game. Uh, he he resurrects us. We we are blessed. We we even if we die in the path of faithfulness, we we get new bodies. We we live forever uh, with reward for our suffering. Uh, and in the long game, multi generational. We're looking down the road 
that, that our stance will we have to believe it will matter here and now for people who watch us seal our testimony with our own suffering whether it be with our blood or with our loss of income or our loss of reputation or whatever it is that god will vindicate that and um if we live in light of eternity we can afford to be patient and know that this might cost me short term it might cost me for the rest of my life but i believe if it, if it's right god will bless it and it will matter and we got to have that mentality courageous men that have that mentality will stand up amen yeah what was the uh the line uh, from wilson was in that in an age like this what the world needs is courageous men not careful men mm-hmm. uh the, the mm-hmm. careful men will come later and and write yeah, the books lauding the courage of the courage <laughs> of the faithful men well, the conversation continues on for a while after this point, but I think this is going to be a great place for us to end uh, this episode of our podcast. Uh, we're actually going to break this uh, discussion into three parts, uh, so be sure to come back and check out over the next couple of weeks as we finish this conversation with uh, Matthew Cook. And, and brother, thank you for joining us and being willing to, to partake in our podcast. It was an honor to have you here and just a joy Uh, for you to be up in Minnesota for the amount of time we had you. As you go forth, live for Christ and build for your children's children. This is the Reformed Faith and Family Podcast.